Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of the Women's Hoops podcast. I'm your host, Noreen Doherty, and we finally had that South Carolina LSU matchup. I don't know what everyone else thinks of it. I myself was kind of disappointed. I expected it to be a lot closer than what it was, but we'll get more into everything that happened later on. First, let's talk about the AP poll. Our top five this week, South Carolina remains number one. They proved their dominance this weekend. There's nothing else you can say about that. Number two, Indiana. I'm really starting to love this Indiana team. Their past two games have been amazing. I'm definitely going to talk about those later on as well. They're such a fun team to watch. Number three, Stanford comes back into the top five after getting some more wins under their belt and kind of getting back on the right track. Utah moves up to number four, which is the best ranking in program history. And then LSU drops down two spots to number five, which I think is fair. Everyone was expecting, well, I don't know if everyone was expecting it. I was expecting a closer game on Sunday, but LSU lost by what, was it more than 20 points or almost 20 points? More than 20 points. And like I said, I found it disappointing. So to see them drop two spots, I'm surprised it's not a little bit more. Falling out of the poll this week is NC State and USF. NC State has lost three of their last four games, including a 71-59 to loss at UVA this past Sunday. I said this last week, I wouldn't be surprised if NC State fell out of the top 25, and here we are. I mean, how can you be ranked in the top 25 and be losing three of your last four games? And their next two games, or their next three games, are against top 25 teams. This Thursday, they're playing number 19 UNC, and then on Sunday, they're playing number 11 Virginia Tech. The game after that is Duke, which right now, Duke is ranked number 9, so a top 10 team they will be facing again. And I don't know, it just doesn't look great for NC State this season. USF falls out. They lost to Houston on Sunday. They were ranked 24 last week, so I mean, when when you're that low in the top 25, I think a conference loss like that, especially, I mean, Houston hasn't been great this season, but they're clawing their way back now. So it's a great win for Houston, but for South Florida, it kicks them out of the pole. And finally, USC comes into the top 25. I've been waiting for them to be ranked since they beat Stanford. They've had a pretty good season so far. Obviously, they had that huge upset over Stanford. And this past weekend, they beat Oregon and Oregon State. Friday, they're set for a rematch against Stanford at Stanford. So I'm really excited about this USC team. I I can't wait to see what they do in the postseason. I think they've been a fun and exciting team in the Pac-12, which I think when a lot of people think of the Pac-12, they think of obviously Stanford and then maybe Oregon, but Oregon hasn't been great since Sabrina left. So maybe USC is on the rise in the next Pac-12 powerhouse. And then also coming into the poll this week, UNLV. They're ranked number 23. It's the first time they've been in the poll since 1994, almost 30 years ago. Right now, they have a record of 24-2. They are 14-0 in the Mountain West Conference. They're on a 15-game winning streak, which is the second longest winning streak behind South Carolina. 
I'm curious to see what the postseason looks like for UNLV. It's it's so hard to judge with these mid-major teams because they're not always having the best competition. But then come the NCAA tournament, you really can see how strong or how weak teams are. And so I'm excited to see what happens with UNLV come March. And now let's talk about Villanova real quick. They're ranked 14, which is the program's best ranking in 20 years. This past weekend, Maddie Segris dropped 50 points and added 10 rebounds at Seton Hall. She's the first player to hit 50 points this season. I've said it all year long. Maddie Segrist is phenomenal. She's so much fun to watch. She is unstoppable. She's just amazing. I, I can't wait to see what order she gets drafted in. Will she be one? Will she be two? I don't know. I haven't really looked at what the WNBA mock draft looks like right now, but I think Maddie Segrist should be up there. And if anyone's passing on her, it's your loss. Also, speaking of Maddie Segrist's 50-piece, on Saturday night when Maddie Segrist dropped 50 points, ESPN posted on Facebook about it, saying how she set the the Biggie's single-game record in, uh, in scoring. So they they post, quote, Maddie Segrist set a new Biggie single-game record in UConn women's basketball's win against Seton Hall. Meanwhile, the graphic they have, it's like the back of it is her jersey, Villanova, 20. You can It's an action shot of her shooting, and you can see Villanova on her friggin' jersey, but they tag UConn. Like, come on, ESPN. Like, that, ugh, it just drives me nuts. Why, why do they do this to women's sports? And of course, they tag UConn, because UConn is the best women's basketball program in, in history. Yeah, I get it, but it's annoying. Just tag the right person. Drives me mad. Okay, let's talk about some basketball games from this past week because there was a lot of crazy things happening. Let's talk about the upsets first. Biggest one, Marquette upsets number four UConn, 59-52, last Wednesday. It's UConn's first losing streak in 30 years because the game prior was when they lost to South Carolina, then they lose to Marquette. First time they've lost back-to-back games in 30 years. It's Marquette's first ever win over UConn, and it's their second top five win of the season. Earlier in the year, in November, they beat number three Texas when Texas was ranked way higher than they should have been. Marquette held UConn to a season-low 52 points, while the Huskies had 19 turnovers, which Marquette scored 16 points off of. UConn shot just 58.3% from the foul line, which, surprising, is not their lowest of the season. In November, at that Phil Knight tournament, they shot 33.3% from the line when they played Iowa, and that's their lowest free throw percentage of the season. They've also shot around 50% from the line a couple times, but when it's a close game like this and you're about to lose your second straight game and you're shooting 50% from the line, you have a problem and you need to figure out your foul shots. But there's just like so many implications from this loss. I mean, it's UConn's first conference loss this season. And prior to the game, UConn had won 189 of their last 190 conference games. That's crazy. So a huge, huge win for Marquette. I feel like they've been pretty consistent 
this season. I've they've been playing pretty good. I've I feel like I've seen them pop up here and there. So I I mean I've said it before, the Big East is pretty good this year. You never know. I I'm honestly curious what's going to happen with this Big East tournament because Villanova's crazy good. Marquette is pretty good. Seton Hall is pretty good. Creighton, and then obviously UConn. Anything could happen. So maybe I'll go to that because it's at Mohegan Sun. We shall see. And then some more upsets. Syracuse beat number 14, North Carolina, 75 to 67. Miami beat number 19, Florida State, 86 to 82, which I saw that I saw on Instagram last week. It was like the Cavender twins were out on campus at Miami trying to get people to come to the game Friday night when they were playing Florida State. So I bet that place was was pretty packed and they had a good fan base and that probably helped with the energy to pull off this upset. Then West Virginia beat number 21 Iowa State by 13 points, 73 to 60. That was kind of surprising. And then more ACC upsets. UVA, I already spoke about it, but UVA beats number 22 NC State, 71 to 59. And then not a huge upset, but number 22 Iowa State beats number 17 Texas, 66 to 61 on Monday. So some close games here, some not so close games, but those were those were the biggest upsets of this past week. Now, the three big games that I want to talk about, starting with number two, Indiana beats number five, Iowa. Indiana won 87 to 78. This game was so much fun to watch. I, not that everyone needs to know my nighttime routine, but usually after my daughter goes to bed, I hop right in the shower and then I go lay in bed and watch TV for the rest of the night. I'm not moving, but I had this game on and I just sat in my bed and took a late shower, which is a big deal for me because I like to shower early, but I was I was locked in on this game and I, I didn't even want to get up at halftime to take a shower. <laughs> I didn't want to move. I just wanted to watch this game. It was so good. It was tied at the end of the first quarter and at the half, but then Indiana had a bit of a lead heading into the fourth and then ended up winning at the end. It, it literally seemed like a final four game. It was so good. It was so back and forth. I'm pretty sure there was like 14 lead changes. It was just an an incredible game of basketball. Indiana was led by Grace Berger with 26 points, nine rebounds, six assists, and a steal. She was so much fun to watch. I literally said to my husband, not that I think he was even listening to me, but I was like, put Grace Berger on every award watch list. She is incredible. And so is Mackenzie Holmes. She had 24 points and a team-high four steals. And as a team, Indiana shot 50% from three-point range. So I thought that was that was huge for them. Iowa was led by, no shock, Caitlin Clark. Game-high 35 points and she had 10 assists. Monica Cisnano played just 26 minutes. She was in foul trouble and ended up fouling out with under three minutes left to play. So that was a huge loss for Iowa at the end of a close game. Three players actually fouled out of this game. One Iowa, two Indiana. I don't know if that speaks to the physicality of it or if 
the refs just like to blow the whistle. It could have been a mixture of both, but I thought it was it was definitely impactful for Iowa to have Monica Cisnano play just 26 minutes and not be able to go over 30 because she was in foul trouble. And then Indiana's other game this week was against Ohio State, and they ended up winning 83-59, to more than 20 points. It's just crazy to see how Ohio State started off. They were so hot, they looked so good, and now they're literally just falling apart. Indiana had a 30-point second quarter. Mackenzie Holmes was unreal in this game. 33 points. She shot 15 for 18 from the floor. So 83.3%. Good for you, girl. Like, that's what a performance that is. Grace Berger added 16 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. I think the key for this game was Indiana just shot better. They shot almost 60% from the floor. 45% from three, and 75% from the line. Ohio State shot 45.6% from the floor. Not saying that's bad, but when it's compared to almost 60% from the floor, it's not great. Then they shot 20% from three and 44.4% from the line. That's killer for them. I mean, it's killer for anybody. Foul shots, I feel like everyone should be shooting over 70%, but I don't know. I guess people get in their heads at the line. And then the big one of this last week, the one we had all been waiting for, South Carolina and LSU played in front of a sold-out crowd in Columbia, and the atmosphere just looked incredible. But South Carolina ended up winning 88-64, to which again, I found very disappointing because I was just expecting so much more out of LSU, and maybe... I set my expectations too high, but I thought it was going to be a much closer game. But I guess it just speaks to the dominance that is South Carolina. They are seemingly unstoppable. Zaya Cook had 17 points, followed by Aaliyah Boston with 14 points, 9 rebounds, 3 blocks, and 2 assists. But the real star for the Gamecocks this game, and who I feel has been underrated this season is Camilla Cardoso. She came in off the bench and she had team highs of 18 points and 13 rebounds in just 21 minutes of action. She shot seven for nine from the floor, so 77%, and she added three blocks. She was a huge factor in this game and she was so much fun to watch. She, I just felt like every time she was on the floor, she was involved in the play in a positive way. I don't know why she's not starting. Maybe after that game she'll be starting more, but for her to come in off the bench, have a double-double to lead South Carolina in both scoring and rebounding, she's she's fun to watch. I, yeah, she, (laughs) I really enjoyed watching her play in this game. LSU was led by Alexis Morris with a game high of 23 points, And Angel Reese's double-double streak came to an end. She had 16 points, only four rebounds, four blocks, two assists, and a steal. I thought it was really disappointing to see her double-double streak come to an end. I was really hoping for her to get more than 10 rebounds because she, I mean, I feel like it took a little bit for her to get over 10 points, but when she still had like very few rebounds heading into the fourth, I knew it was done so. 
but I, she just didn't have her best game. And I think it was, it was probably a combination of her trying to do a little too much. I mean, that's what it seemed like to me, but also South Carolina was just all over her. They would not let her play her game. That's just what it came down to, really. So I think that was the most upsetting thing for me is I couldn't see Angel Reese in prime form. I honestly was sad after this game. (laughs) I was like, that was not what I was expecting. I wanted a closer game. I don't know. Maybe if they meet up again in the future, I mean, because it could happen in the SEC tournament or in the NCAA tournament, but hopefully LSU learns from this and next time they face South Carolina, it could be a closer one. I just hope this game makes LSU better, which I think it will. South Carolina shot 57.3% from the floor and 57.1% from the line. I thought that was kind of funny how they shot better from the floor than the free throw line. And then South Carolina, not surprisingly, controlled the rebounds in this game. They had 43 rebounds while LSU had just 25. I mean, not surprising with South Carolina being the best rebounding team in the country, but to see LSU get just 25, I mean, again, it goes to the dominance of South Carolina. That's just what it comes down to. I really think this team is unstoppable. I don't know. I don't know if anyone can beat them. I really don't. I would like to see someone beat them. And not saying I don't like South Carolina because I love them. I love what Don Staley has built there. But I love, I don't know, I love to see a top team knocked off. <laughs> is that bad? I guess I just want surprises and upsets, which has been what a lot of this season has been. So. I don't know. I just want this March. I just want March to be here. I want the tournaments to start. And then a lot of craziness will happen. And I can't wait. All right, let's hop into the awards here. Player of the week, Maddie Segrist. No surprise. You drop 50 points, you're going to get player of the week. And I think she is most people's player of the week this week. (laughs) Team of the week, has to be South Carolina. Like I said a million times in the last segment, they proved their dominance this weekend. They proved why they are number one, and they just seem to be unbeatable, unstoppable. And we're going to wait and see if anyone can knock them off. Game of the week, Marquette upsetting UConn. I mean, there were so many games this past week that could have been my game of the week, but I feel like the implications from this one made it game of the week. Marquette has two top five wins for the first time in program history. They never even had a top five win before this season. Now they have two. First time they ever beat UConn. I mean, a lot of great things for Marquette came from that game. And then mid-major team of the week, UNLV. It's their first time being ranked in almost 30 years. So props to them. I can't wait to see what happens come March because I think they may surprise us. We've got a couple of good games coming up over the next week. So Thursday, number nine Duke at number 11 Virginia Tech. There's been so much happening in the ACC. I feel like anyone could win that conference at this point. So anytime they have any game, really, I feel like it's a good one to watch. Just tune into any ACC game. But with them being so close in the rankings, this Duke-Virginia Tech game is definitely going to be one to watch. 
Then also Thursday night is Mich- number 12, Michigan, at number 2, Indiana. Michigan has been playing pretty well. Indiana has been phenomenal, so I think it'll be a good one. Friday, number 4, Utah, at number 18, Arizona. With how Utah's been playing and they just keep climbing up these rankings, I I want to watch them play every game. So, since they're playing another top 25 competitor, I think that's a good one to watch. And then also Friday, number 25 USC at number three Stanford. The rematch. Stanford lost to USC. It must it's been like a month now. So, the Trojans are now traveling to Stanford and I don't know what'll happen, but it'll be definitely one to tune into because it is one of two conference losses that Stanford has had this year. On Sunday, surprisingly, there's only one game that I'm really interested in on Sunday. I feel like there's usually a bunch of games, but it's number 21, Colorado at number 18, Arizona, another close top 25 matchup. Monday, we have number 12, Michigan at number 13, Ohio State. Honestly, I'm going to go with Michigan on this one because of how Ohio State's playing. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I said it earlier, Ohio State's just falling apart. They started off so strong this year and it's just sad to see where they are now. I don't know. Maybe they'll pull it together and they can beat Michigan and maybe start, maybe move back into the top 10, but I don't know. I don't know where the disconnect is for the Buckeyes, but something's happening. And then Tuesday... Number seven, Iowa at number eight, Maryland. Maryland has been chilling at number eight for a while. So maybe if they beat Iowa, they move up a little bit. But regardless, that'll be a great game to watch. All right, everyone, that is it for this week's episode. Next week, there will unfortunately be no episode. My family and I are going to Florida to get some sunshine. Thank God, get me out of New England for a week. But I mean, I'm traveling with a one and a half year old and there's enough stuff to pack that there's no room for podcast equipment so hate to break it to my maybe 12 listeners but no episode next week we'll catch up on everything the following week and it'll be right before march we're almost there it's almost tournament time almost craziness time i can't wait so as always be sure to follow the podcast subscribe, whatever. (laughs) I don't know. I honestly don't know what it is. I think you follow it on Spotify. Maybe you subscribe on Apple Music. I don't know. I use Spotify. But do that wherever you're listening. Leave a five-star rating. Follow the podcast on social media at Women's Hoops Pod. Follow me on social media at N0RDarty, D-O-U-G-H-E-R-T-Y. Enjoy all these games this week. And next week, I know I didn't talk about the following week, but regardless, there's always amazing games to tune into. So just keep supporting women's basketball, keep supporting these amazing student athletes, and watch some fun games. That's what it comes down to. These games are fun, so enjoy it. I will talk to you all in two weeks, but until then, bye y'all.